This is Jimmy and Annette, and we are excited to be with you today. And, of course, we always have our sidekick, Chevy, Mr. Chevy, and he is in true form right now, isn't he? He sure His is. His are absolutely close. He saw me setting up the chairs, and he went nuts. And we're doing this a little early. He's kind of confused. He is confused because what is today? What is today? It's Thursday. Thursday. We normally do our podcast on Mondays. But we'll still air it on Monday. Of course, Monday evening, Monday p.m., like yeah. always. But anyway, we have a special guest. We do. So the reason we're doing this early is we have a very special guest. And we've mentioned Pastor Chris, who is our son, who pastors a great church in Houston called City Life Church. And he and our youngest, Jackson. Youngest grandson. Youngest grandchild. I know y'all can't believe we have grandkids, but we actually do. And he's here as well. And he, we've got him visiting the other room. We may hear from him later in the show. We'll see. But uh, if he does, it's great. So it's great to have Chris with us. He pastors a great church, City Life Church, and they're knocking it out in Houston, Texas. Been there 13 short years, brief years. <laughs> would you say short or would you say long? You know, sometimes it feels longer and sometimes it feels shorter. It's weird. It's a <laughs> weird feeling. That is true. Yeah. So you're on sabbatical as well. We've been sharing our, our the beginning of our sabbatical journey, which and we started And now we've got him Monday. working. We have him working on his sabbatical. This isn't work. Oh, this is okay. Play. Okay. <laughs> this is us right. having a conversation around the dinner table when Chris was 17. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, he's is. not 17 anymore. You usually work, you get paid. So, oh. yeah, yeah. so it is not work. Yeah, it's not no work. doubt. No doubt. Well, Chris, thanks for being with us today. Yeah, and glad to be here. We were hanging out and enjoying a great afternoon, beautiful day here in the Texas Hill Country, and I had I thought, let's just do a podcast today since Chris is here, and let's have Chris on the show. So we're thrilled that you're here. Yeah, glad how, to be here. How's your sabbatical going? We've been sharing our journey, and we're going to continue yep. to do that over the next few weeks. So uh, how's your Yeah, I'm, I'm doing an eight-week sabbatical as well. This is the first time I've ever done it, and I've uh, been doing full-time ministry for almost 23 years as long, almost as long as I've been married. And so, um, yeah, it's been, it's been really great. I'm in week five right now. So, you know, it takes a good week, week and a half maybe to wind down to get out of work mode, so to speak. But, uh, but yeah, really enjoying it right now. And, you know, when you love what you do, you don't, you, you do miss it. So it's kind of, it takes work to get out of work yeah, <laughs> a little bit, there, uh, but it took then, a lot of work to prepare for it. Yeah. Yeah. To prepare for it and then to wind down and then to, you know, just make sure that, um, your identity is not wrapped up in your work. And that's one of the best things about taking off, I think. And so just trying to be a human being and not a human doing right. So uh, one right. of our pastors that was helping us with our sabbatical said, You've got to break the addiction of work sure. because it can become an addiction. And if it becomes an addiction, it, it, it's harder to, to disconnect yeah. from work. And so you're right. That's, it's good. It, you're, what you said is right on. So Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's overdue for me, but you, you always have that feeling of, um, well, I don't want to be looked at in a certain way or I don't want to not contribute. Like I know with my staff, I'm like, I feel bad that I'm not there helping out because they're there. But then also, what does that say about me? And wanted to make sure like, no, 
they could do it without me. In fact, it's better to empower them. And, and frankly, I just needed, need some rest and, uh, kind of let the ground just grow whatever grows mm-hmm. instead of constantly going and right. going. So, well, I did some reading and pastor Eddie Freeman from gateway church, who's been kind of coaching and mentoring us into this yep. and helping our church as well. Um, he pointed out the scriptures uh, in the Old Testament. There's two scriptures that refer to a command from God that every seven years they would let the land rest. And yeah. so there's that pattern of sevens. We see sevens all through scripture. And then, of course, you know, God worked six days, rested on the seventh, and then declared the Sabbath was going to be a day. It's going to be holy. It's the fourth commandment out of ten. And uh, so what our revelation was is that we had been violating Sabbath for years, sure. not taking a Sabbath, not leaning into it. And basically, and when I say violating it, what I mean is we didn't receive the gift that God was trying to get to us. And that's right. the gift of rest and recovery and restoration. But the thought of taking eight weeks off, uh, really, I struggled with that until I heard another pastor say it this way. He says, you're not taking a sabbatical, you're receiving a sabbatical. Mm. And that shifted my thinking about it. We're not taking eight weeks off. We're receiving the gift that God's put in front of us with gratitude, with humility, but also what what can what does God want to say to us during this time? Right. Is because there a lot of time well I mean, there is, but the thing the thing is is you do need to take some time off so you can hear from God. Because we go, go, go. We're like a a, a, what do you call that? A hamster. A hamster, yes, that just is going on, on the wheel, just continually going, and we hardly stop because it's not just something we do physically, it's our mind. That's right. And people, you know, there's needs. Our church has so many needs because people have needs, yeah. and you feel obligated to return every text, every call. But there's a time when we need this. They need us. Well, we need to just unplug and rest That's and good. this is really it's it really yesterday was our was it yesterday was our first really official Technically day speaking because monday is our sabbath so yes. that was kind of like we always do monday and tuesday was a holiday fourth which is a holiday so mm-hmm. it really felt like yesterday was our first day to say we're engaging this right no work and that has been already difficult for me <laughs> i'll just say so but I, i'm gonna get there I'm going to get there. It's just my mind, you know, is wondering mm-hmm. what's going on at work. You know, has something happened that they need? You know, it's just one of those things. Yeah. It's yeah. just going to happen. The analogy I, I heard, um, and, I, and then I actually saw like a YouTube video of a, a cruise ship that would, that would come into port. And they would, every once in a while, they have to raise it in order to clean the bottom of it because it's collected so much just from going and going. It's just collected so much. And so in order to take care of it, it needs to be raised out of the water for a little bit mm, so that good. they can scrub everything down and get all the, the barnacles, yeah, everything out. And then it's ready to set sail again. Wow. And that's, I think that's a, that was a good picture for me thinking about, okay, you know, it's one thing to take a vacation and then jump right back in, but you're always thinking about what's coming up or the next plan or, 
and being in the people business, wanting to shepherd people well, take care of people well. Uh, you know, if you don't have rhythms in your normal life, mm-hmm. um, you're going to be in big, big trouble. But especially if you don't take these moments right. that are gifts, as you said, um, to be able to take off and just get out of the water a little bit. So we're getting the barnacles cleaned off yep. of our hulls, so sure. to speak. And that's a great metaphor. Mm-hmm. One of the things Pastor Eddie told our team, he said that if Pastor Jimmy and Pastor Annette had not already been practicing Sabbath, I would not even have considered going there on sabbatical. Yeah. And he said he won't he won't coach a pastor because he oversees a lot of pastors. Yeah. He says, I won't coach or mentor a pastor into a sabbatical unless they're already practicing Sabbath. If they're not doing that, we've got to back up a step and mm-hmm. get that as a as an ongoing uh you know, ritual, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. routine in their yeah. life, a rhythm in their life. The micro habits, so you can have oh, macro huge. habits. Exactly. Yeah. Right. There you yeah. go. You're so smart. That's good. He's my He's son. smarter than me. He's my oh, son. Good. I know. He's brilliant. Wow. Well, words of Kevin York, he's genius. He's a genius. <laughs> well, if everybody's a genius, <laughs> I don't know. So we can talk more about that, but I also like to revisit just a little bit. Annette and I, and you know this because you've actually listened to some of the podcasts, and we've we've told our story along the way. For one one of the things, this is called living up in a down world. By the way, this is episode number twenty six. Can you believe it? Wow. Yeah, I know it's crazy. It's hard to it's believe. It's going by really fast. Yeah. So if you think about it, that's literally six months. That's half a year. Wow. Yeah, fifty two weeks. We've done twenty six. God. So here we are. Yeah. We're already down the road in this and loving it. And we also love what we're hearing back from you, and I'll share some of the some feedback a little bit later. But so great to hear your comments, to get your emails. Uh, thank you for the donations. We'll share a little bit about that, just to say thanks, and always keep listening. Share with your friends. That helps us get the word out that uh, there's these two crazy people who love Jesus dramatically. And, uh, and love each other. And love each other even more, <laughs> hugely. <laughs> and uh, for 30 years of wow that we've been going... But we've talked about our story, Chris, along the way. Of course, you're you're a massive piece of that story. You're a great part of that story, and so um, you ought to share what it was like when you met Jimmy for the first time. And I told you I was I was seeing him. Do you remember? Do you recall? Well, oh my how, how real are we going to get? We're going to we get, get real, real here. Yeah. I, 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 remember, I remember the first time I met you. Yeah. Me too. You, I'll you, never you were in a crisis. It. You had an emergency. I had an extreme emergency. So I was in um, seventh grade, I believe. And I'd just come away from a youth camp. Um, it might have been my first youth camp ever. With Bunky. Yeah, youth yeah. Pastor David Bonclair, Pastor David Bonclair. And went on a youth camp. It was a pretty big youth camp. Um, and uh, I, I had just gotten back, and you, I called you to come pick me up. And I had my bags and everything. And the thing about uh, seventh grade Chris um, <laughs> was Chris did not like to use the restroom uh, outside of his own private domain. <laughs> and so public restrooms were a no-no. So I had held in uh, a for, bowel movement. For, I for thought you were week, having for a moving a week. experience For a week. Camp. For a week. I, yeah, it was a different kind of movement. I um, would have to go to the hospital if that happened to me. I yeah, I don't know how I did it, but you know what? You can do a lot when you're a child. I do know you child. were in a lot of pain when I met you. I was. So I called and said, Mom, I need you to pick me up. I, somebody's got to get me. And you came, and Jimmy was in the car with you. And, and that's like, the first great. time I met. Like, and y'all were on your way to a date. And if I, you can correct me, but if I remember correctly, y'all were going to go to Taco, Taco Villa. Villa. Yes. Yeah. How funny. So How I remember, remember being in the back, back of the car, 
or in the back seat. And I'm just like, mom, I gotta go. I gotta, you know? And so I'm like, Oh, hi, what, whatever your name is. Yeah, yeah. Great. Great to meet you. And you dropped me off. And uh, I, the rest is history. <laughs> so, but then yeah, you thought I was, date. but you thought I was crazy because after about what, a couple of weeks, I'm telling you, I'm going to marry this guy. Mm, and what sure. were your thoughts after just a couple of weeks? I mean, you could be honest. It's okay. You know, I don't have total recall, so I don't remember my exact thoughts, but the, I remember the whole process and the feeling was just like, what is, what is going on? This is quick, mm, no but, doubt. but, um, I don't know. It wasn't, well, I think it, it was were... fast, but it wasn't like, uh, absurd necessarily. I was just like, Oh, oh yeah. Okay. But I... You're in the seventh grade. So I was yeah. pretty, yeah, we were right. I was okay. pretty flexible in our, you know, we had been through a lot in that mm. season. But remember, so I, was like, mm. I dated someone that was yeah, cheating yeah. on me, you know. Yeah, and, and I warned you. I told you not yes. to date him. And then I did, and I, yep. then I, I found out. And then I, I meet him. Weren't you a little... Ronnie? Yes, Ronnie. Wow. Wow. See, I remember See, that. He does remember. Name. He's oh, 43 and still some, has a good memory. I've got some scars. <laughs> I remember trauma-induced like, memory. Yeah. I did not like that guy. But it's did, something about him. But didn't yeah, you didn't think either, the same actually. thing could happen with Jimmy? Or did you automatically think, no, this seems like a good guy? I didn't have the same vibes with Jimmy right away, but most of the vibes I was feeling was... Um, uh, yeah, I know what you're feeling. I, I, get me home now. <laughs> exactly. So, but well, I'll talk to him that, later. But to be honest, um, after that, especially because of seeing that experience with that other guy, um, I, I like Jimmy much better. And I remember even telling Alicia, like, yeah, he, this is a great guy. And I would watch him take care of you. Yeah, you saw. And, I, and I'd never seen a man hold your door, hold your hand. Like there was a genuine care and Still love. Still does that. And sensitivity and, you know, growing up <laughs> with you as my mom, with my dad, before y'all divorced, there was, there was never, it was very. There was no respect. Very, yeah, it was, it was not, not good. And wow. so there wasn't respect. And, and mm -hmm. so to me, that alone was like, no, this this is great, and you know. And you walked me down the aisle. I did. I gave you that away. That was you really did. cool. That, that was amazing. Really was. It was. Yeah, a little suit on. Yeah. you're looking all dapper. I always joke about it because my voice hasn't changed to what it is now, and so. And you were short, and now you're taller. Yeah, like, who, who gives this bride away? And I said, <laughs> her sister and I. You know. And oh my so, gosh! Yeah, that Look, wedding was so cool. That wedding was amazing because if you remember all the all the kids from Buckner Children's Home where I was working at the time, they brought the whole campus to the wedding. Yeah, and that was so special. Mm -hmm. To this day, I'll, I'll go through some of those pictures and just tears me up in a good Wait, way. Where are you seeing the pictures? We have them in a in a in a bin, a plastic oh, bin. Okay, it's been a lot while since I haven't I've seen, seen them. them in no, we so have long. Them, okay, but I would look at through those pictures and see these. It's amazing and. Just and I also have some on my. I took pictures of pictures. Have to, to, to oh right, so that camera. you could have them on Got your computer. Yeah, and so when I'm going through the old pictures, but it was so special because you gave me away. No, and he gave me away. You're right. Yeah. You gave her away. Nobody <laughs> gave me yeah. away. Yeah. <laughs> I just stepped in. But I also I, I recognized how weird this must be for y'all too. I mean, I'm I'm not. I mean, I had a good upbringing. I had great parents. I had. A good situation. I just happened to go through a divorce, so I wasn't. I didn't have a lot of the trauma issues that were going on in the family, and I knew I was stepping into a family that sure. had 
it was real clear, and yet God gave me such a peace. I mean, I can't even explain how I just knew I knew here. You were my rescuer. You, you showed me so what just, a true man, how a true that. man is supposed to treat a woman. I appreciate that. And my that. kids saw that. Yeah. But don't think I saw you as a project. No, I did I, not. no, you never did. I knew God was in it. Exactly. I felt God was in it, and so I went with it. Yes, so, yes. Yeah, worked out pretty good. 30 years later. 30 years of wow. And then Chris start follows in Jimmy's footsteps. Yeah, I mean, even back then, though, I remember... I wasn't, I was kind of out of church in and out, you know, since the divorce and, um, Mm -hmm. my dad wasn't really going and I'd stay with him some and you were going, so I'd go with you every once in a while. But, and then I remember going to that, um, youth ministry that you were part-time with, I think at the time and, and kind of seeing you and your element and that, that passion. And, and, uh, uh, you know, I, I'd been around other, I have other ministers and stuff in my family and been around some of that, but I think. Jimmy was the first, like genuine. Yes, I think like this guy actually really loves God and believes this stuff, Mm -hmm. Um, and that yeah, that changed the trajectory of all of our lives. It sure did. I remember our journey together because we we knew we were (laughs) we we jumped into a blender together and just hit you know maximum power you know and and here we are and this trying to figure it out you know. And two, as we've all grown older, we've read a lot, we've studied a lot, and talked about family dynamics and systems, family systems. Mm-hmm. And um, and two, with all of us being in ministry, that's what's really interesting about our family is that God took this really broken group of people and said, oh, I'm going to use you to yeah. show my glory. Because Just no different from the people in the Bible. Exactly. They're, no they're, perfect people exactly, allowed, right? Exactly. And so we, I, I think that I think our tenacity to not let go of the call of God on all of our lives through the dysfunction, through the brokenness, through the ongoing life drama has, you know, the the scripture in Jude 1 says this. It says that we are called, we are loved, and we We are are kept kept by Jesus Christ. Called, loved, and kept. And I think that his call on our life, his love of us, for us, with us, and also he's kept us. He's protected us. And I looked, I did a little study on that word, kept, and it doesn't only mean keeping the predators from the outside, but it also is that he has kept us from the inside. Mm. We, we, he's kept us. He doesn't, he doesn't want to let us go. He won't let us run out from under that, that beyond that fence of grace, so to speak. And so that has really marked our lives and continues to. Um, so proud of you. I've, I've said that so many times that it, I don't ever want it to sound rote or anything, but I really mean that because I've, I've watched your journey as well, your faith journey. And I remember we were, it was in Southern California when things really begin to take shape for you and you begin to own your own faith. You weren't coasting on us or right. former youth ministers or, or anyone else. You begin to own that. Can you tell us a little bit about that part of your journey? Yeah. Um, I mean, I had moved with you guys out to Southern California, Apple Valley, California. It took you six months to come with us because you wanted to stay back because you had a girlfriend. A girl. Yeah, yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Girls yeah. will do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God delivered. Um, but ended up, yeah, ended up with you guys. And I, I, well, the hardest part, I moved in in the summer. So it was like June. And so I didn't know anybody. Um, but thankfully, you know, we were in the youth group. So, you know, especially at that age, um, the social aspect Right, your identity as a young person, teenager, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I I had always been a good kid, but I 
um, I, I don't, I wouldn't, I didn't say I really knew God. Uh, it's kind of like you hear, you know, stories about God your whole life, and and but I never had a real relationship with the Lord, and then got there and uh, started going to church regularly, which you know just shows you the value of community. Yes. Um. Um. You know, Scripture says that bad company corrupts good morals. So what does good company do, right? Mm-hmm. So you get around um, the positive area, and it just starts to change how you think, how you. Uh, feel a part of something. A lot of people say, you know, a lot of times we need to uh, belong before we believe. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I started finding a belonging a little bit. And 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 then it was interesting because I I thought I was believing well, but I still it, it was um, I don't I don't know how to put it. It was still um, like like you believe. I, I believe the earth is round. I know some people might not, but I believe the the earth is is round. But that doesn't affect my life. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean anything. Exactly. I don't believe the moon is cheese. Okay, great. So I believe, and it reflects mm-hmm. off the sun, but that I don't know what that means to me personally. And so going through the personal relationship with Jesus, the catalyst mm. for me was actually this woman to my right, my mother, Aww. who we were driving to youth <laughs> You're gonna make me youth uh, in our truck. And, and we're saying a lot of great things. There are a lot of tr- hard things, too. Oh, we absolutely. could get into that as well. We absolutely. don't want to paint a picture like it was all these roses. for phase two where <laughs> yeah. we just get ugly. Yeah, just ugly. So just good, we want to make the, sure we're staying real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because there's a lot of reality of the hard uh, you know, things and the yelling absolutely. or the frustration when, you know, you got a new stepdad and you're like, who do you think you are? You're not my dad. And, yeah, right. and I got a that, new stepkid. And I'm like, who do you think yeah, you are? Exactly. <laughs> I'm not and, your dad. Yeah, there was never <laughs> a big rebellion, but right. there was always that right. tension. Um, no doubt. Just like any any relationship, there's conflict. If you don't have conflict, you're not really trying. That's the exactly. truth. There's no relationship. Exactly. Then. Exactly. So, so we've had plenty of that, but this moment mm-hmm. was a conflicting moment for me. I'm driving on my way to youth, and I'm going to be drumming um, for the the little youth band, and uh, and you looked at me and you said, um, "Do you?" when are you going to really have a relationship with Jesus? And you kind of called me out, but it wasn't in like a, what's wrong with you? You know, wasn't condescending. No, it was just like, I, I, I see how you act and I see like you feel apart, but it was, it was kind of a crossroads moment. Like, are you, are you really going to go after God? Um, and not just after his stuff or his gifts mm. or mm. the abilities to be able to play drums and show yeah. people your muscles. And, you know, it, and I was offended. Um, it really offended me. Um, and, but it was one of the best offenses, right? Because mm-hmm. it was a truth in it. And I had to look inside. Catalytic. Yeah. And you know, in our culture, we're so afraid to offend everybody. And there's, there's the right way to do things. There's a right way to talk to people. There's a right way. Um, as one of my favorite proverbs says, he who, um, blesses his neighbor early in the morning, his neighbor will consider it a curse. Mm. I love that because he's trying to say the right thing, but he did it in the wrong time mm-hmm. when, right. Right. and in the wrong way he mm-hmm. shouted mm-hmm. early in the morning. And so there's a time to speak the right thing to people. And, uh, fortunately that was a good time. Cause after that, I just remember being frustrated, like, I I do know God and you know, but I didn't realize where I was. And so for me, uh, I ended up really, I remember that even that night, just thinking about it, like, do I really know God? And then mm-hmm. started diving into my word. And, and honestly, between that, between the example that w- was being said, the church community, um, I started getting in the scripture myself and it just started penetrating my heart. Wow. And it might've been one of the first time I really felt 
Um, it, it's crazy, both the um, conviction of God, like my need mm. for a wow. savior, something wow. outside of me, mm-hmm. and the love of God at the same time. Wow. Yeah. wow. And that's, that's what scripture Powerful. says. Yeah. He brings not just grace, but mm. truth. He brings wow. both full of grace and truth. And so yeah. I felt like before I could rationalize and justify, well, at least I'm not Hitler. Well, at least I'm not like my kid. dad. Yeah, you were so a really good At least I'm kid. not like my, you know, right. this bully. And you could always rationalize and, rationalize and compare yourself to other people. And it was the first time I just looked in and like, who am I compare myself to? Mm. And when I started reading scripture and looking in the gospels, I, I'm supposed to be like Jesus. And then, and then the conviction, I'll never be that way. But that's where I love what Timothy Keller has brought to us. He always says that um, you are uh, far more loved than you could ever dream. Mm-hmm. And yet far more sinful than you could ever imagine mm-hmm. at it's the true. same time. It's and true. the more you actually realize both are true, then you realize, wow, even though... I'm that way. God has chosen to love, love me. me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that creates just a, uh, a love not right. to get something from God, but for God. Right. And your, your gratitude just explodes off the charts because I heard Pete Gregg say, um, he's heads up 24 seven prayer in, in, uh, in the UK. And he said that someone made a comment on a podcast to him that I was listening to recently. And he, they said, I just wish I was so holy like you are. I mean, you're so immersed. And he said, oh, wow. whoa, whoa, whoa. He said, <laughs> he said, first of all, he said, the longer I'm in this, the more unholy I feel. Mm-hmm. The, more, the, more, the more I realize how unlike him I am. Mm-hmm. Sure. He said, I don't live under condemnation at all. Right. Because we need to realize where we are, mm-hmm. not in a way to put us down or to to oppress or you know but guilt or it shame keeps us, us humble, but to walk in humility. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's where he was going with exactly. that is to be humble and not ever compare ourselves with other people and say, well, at least I'm not doing that or or I do this more than them. I think one of the things that might have been almost an enemy in a sense, or maybe a hindrance to your your growth track early on was that you were that good kid. You did things right. You didn't get in trouble. Right. You were you were not aggressive. You were passively aggressive. You weren't sure. aggressive. But sarcastically aggressive. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> all of that. So, you know, we couldn't point to you and go, Chris, man, you really, well, no, you didn't really mess up. Well, Chris, you, no, you didn't. We didn't take At out least the trash. we didn't know when you messed up because sure. you didn't. We, <laughs> yeah. you, it went well, outward. Well, well, and that's the thing about the covert, like the good kid. Um, you know, the, the bad kid decides I'm, I'm going to be bad, just you know, to be bad because I don't get what I want. The good kid learns I can be good in order to get what I want. Mm. Same. So it's end. still very wow. Paths, wow. But they're still can have real pitfalls to mm-hmm. them, both of them. Yeah. And I think sometimes good can be the enemy of great. We've heard that a million mm-hmm. times through sure. our life, and so I think it just took a point where you begin to see that. If I'm called to be like Jesus, yeah, I may be better than this guy or whatever, how you're comparing, but I can't, I'm not that. And then that's that awareness comes mm-hmm. over. Yeah. Well, and one of the things I noticed about you after you really committed to the Lord was your you were a voracious reader of the word. Mm-hmm, and definitely. I, I remember we had a, yeah. a gentleman come to our church, uh, Greg Burson, and he he prophesied over you and he said, I see a sword in his mouth. And if you know what a sword is, the sword in in Ephesians is the word of God. And he said, it's just coming out. And I'm thinking, yes, because it's going in. Yeah. And we saw a huge change in you immediately. 
we knew there was a call of God on your heart, uh, on your life, just immediately mm-hmm. that there was God was going to use you in such a mighty way, and He and He has. Yeah. So, when did you recognize the call of God to to go into ministry? Yeah, I've had people ask me that before. I I feel like you know when I was little, little. Mm-hmm. I, I know this. I wanted to be a, a pastor for whatever reason. I mean, my uncle was a pastor, and I'd see him, and I think I I wanted that. And um, I remember your your um, grandmother on your dad's side buying you a uh, suit. a suit, and you would. Right. I remember it's a blue velvet Where's... suit with a white little shirt, <laughs> and you would I walk around. <laughs> and but you would walk around and say, "I'm going to be a pe- preacher. I'm going to be a preacher," and you were probably two or three years old. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the actual, you know, call, um, I, I like to say the call comes in two forms. Um, and, and you need both. Um, you think about a foundation. Um, uh, the scripture says that our foundation is built upon the, the apostles and the prophets with Jesus being the chief cornerstone. You need to hear a word from the Lord, from Jesus telling you, you are, mm-hmm. but that's not enough either. I don't think, because you also need the rest of the foundation of the church. You need people recognizing your gifts yes, in order to right. call you yes. out. And if you have one without the other, something's wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can say, totally God agree. called me, but mm-hmm. people around you are going, ah, mm-hmm. you're, or you're not ready. Maybe you are, but you there's some character yeah. because um, you know you could start helping people right away as a Christian. You don't have to be this tall to ride this ride. You need to start loving people, but there's a difference between loving people and shepherding people. Mm-hmm. And so that call... Um, came not only through feelings and sensing something from the Lord and the Lord speaking to me and that desire, like who wants to do ministry? It's that's a crazy desire, honestly. It is. Um, so, so that idea, but then it being um, uh, encouraged and mm-hmm. seen from other people, people recognizing that on that, your life, yeah, and having both, and I think both takes humility. Mm-hmm. It does. Agree. It does. Wow. So I was probably about 17, mm-hmm. 18 yeah. when I started feeling that and sensing that yeah, and then going to college to start kind of testing that. What does that mean? What does mm-hmm. ministry mean? Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of different areas. It's like saying, I want to be a doctor. Well, which, right. which area do you want to go into? Which field? Yeah. And so there's a lot, there's a lot to explore, but it's just, you know, doing, doing the next right thing. And it's just taking that. That's why I love scripture. Like the lamp to my feet. God is a lamp to my feet, right? Not a halogen beam down the street. That's mm-hmm. what I always say. Yeah. That's my little preacher colloquialism, right? Um, so it's a lamp, not the halogen beam. Right. And so we just got to do the do the next step. Yeah. So yeah. And then obviously, once you got out of school, you immediately started as a youth pastor for us, right? Worship and youth, and then college. You kind of yeah. did several it, it, different in ministry college, areas. Yeah. In college, we were we. Y'all planted that church in mm-hmm. Bromwood. Yeah. And so just helping out, really doing whatever. Me, me and my girlfriend at the time, who's my wife now, uh, of coming up on 23 years, she, awesome. we would clean the church because mm-hmm. our church, mm-hmm. our students would come around and clean the church. And we would uh, do worship, kids. I mean, just whatever. That's when you know you love the church when you're just, let's, <laughs> let's whatever. Let's do whatever. whatever. Yeah. Just here. Clean yeah. toilets. You know you're, you love the church yeah. if you're going to clean toilets oh, for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. We all did it all. We did. I mean, every we one did. of us wore hats. And yeah, it was a beautiful wow. time, though. Looking yeah. back on it, you know, we made a lot of mistakes, so those rookie mistakes. And yet there was a purity in it all. I mean, even the mistakes were not sure. committed out of um, malignancy or anything, you know, anything malevolent in, ter- in those terms. It was always. You know, overzealous, usually overshooting the runway is typically right. the mistakes that we made out of out of passion and out of uh, 
man, I just think back, even I so remember the music from each of those eras, you know, from the California, you know, Cademan's Call, Jars of Clay sure. and all that. And then with the Brownwood world, the music then was more like the passion movement. Mm-hmm. It got really big and worship really began to come on strong during right. that time. And you taught late 90s. Chris how to play the guitar yep. at a young age. Yep. And you're an amazing guitar player and a drummer. Phenomenal. So really he could do anything in the church. And we yeah. knew that he could lead worship, he could be a youth pastor, he could lead college, and then eventually pastor, which is what you're doing now. Yeah. And it's just, it's amazing what, I mean, we always said, because Jimmy can do all those things too, that we could, we have our own church. I mean, we... Built-in church built plan. Built-in church I mean, plan. Church in a box kind yeah, of thing. exactly. Sure. As a family. Yes. And to, to even this day, now Faith is on our staff, our youngest. She's on our staff as our digital creator and, and her, producer. And her husband is on our staff on, part-time well, yeah, doing cameras. Doing camera work. I said, hey, if you're going to marry my daughter, you got to Join the family business. You're marrying into the Christian mafia exactly. kind of thing. And now your kids <laughs> are following down that path. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's right. Addison's at, at Abilene Christian University studying for ministry and yes. doing ministry at camp. Your wife, Casey, is preaching this week, both to middle a, school yeah. and high school. Oh, man. Boy, that brings back, I get a little trauma-informed response when I think about that. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. And, and you it's know, for us, stuff. and I know for you, you never, like, you have to do this, or there was never an expectation to follow in my steps. Right. You know, sometimes us parents put those expectations because we try to live vicariously through our kids, right. and we, we want what's best for them, but also we're trying to, you know, recreate our past and mm-hmm. through them a lot of times, and sometimes it's good motive, sometimes it's not, but right. y'all never pressured that, so it mm-hmm. was a call from the Lord, the church, and you, you guys help uh, be instruments to that. And the yeah. same thing for my kids, like I'm trying to talk my son out of it, not right. not in a bad way, I but if I can talk you out of it now, that's right. it's going to get hard. That's mm-hmm. right. You're going to be tested. People think it's happen. easy. It's not easy. Yeah. And, and I don't say ministry is harder than any other job. You know, people that right, do that, right, I don't right. like. Yeah, I don't either. It's just different. Yeah, that's right. It's just different. It's a different right. lane. Um, yeah. And so, but, but that's like every job, right. you know, everybody, I know a lot of parents doing youth ministry, they have the expectation for their kids and I want you to be this and be this, be this. And scripture says, train your child on the way that they should go. So mm-hmm. we're looking at what God has done in them and helping launch Absolutely. them into their area. Right. And so, yeah. But to me, if a child sees everything that the parents go through over time in the ministry, the hurt, the betrayal, all that, and they still want to be in ministry, sure. oh, you that's know a call. It's a God thing. You know yeah, it's yeah. a God thing yeah. because you've seen the good, bad, and the ugly. Sure. And, and all so, we ever did in your case, Chris, was watch your life begin to watch the fruit is, boy, you really, your senior year just exploded in your faith life. You started that Bible study at our house with a bunch of kids, a bunch mm-hmm. of young people from school mm-hmm. and things we were doing at school as well and just watched all that. And we did not ever, you know, choose that for you. We just simply affirmed what we saw God doing. Right. And that's really confirmation and affirmation together are really powerful in a person's life. But it wasn't just us. It was others. It was a Greg Burson coming all the way from Auckland, New Zealand to say, right. hey, <laughs> God's all over you, yeah. bro. You've right. got something on you. So we've watched God take you on that journey and and like I said, I would never, I would never wish anything upon someone that they're not called and prepared for. Because who exactly. God calls, He equips, right? Right. He right. Appoints, He anoints, and but who He doesn't, He doesn't. So it could be dangerous. Well, because territory. not everybody's called to pastor. There are people right. called to sure. to to be Jesus in their workplace. Oh, I mean, we've got to have businessmen and women who love yeah, the Lord and, and are examples. So yeah. we just happen to be called to a church. Yeah. 
We had to navigate some tricky waters early on, though. I mean, the first year, just to back up a little bit, because I don't want this to be like pie in the sky moment. Sure. You know, rainbows and unicorns and pixie dust. So <laughs> that first year was really difficult for all of us because when all of a sudden... When we first got married? we first got okay. married, because here, we, you and I both were still coming off of our own traumas. We were still just reeling from everything that was mm-hmm. happening. Then, um, you know, your dad... Your ex lived a few doors down. In we the lived same, in the same, same apartment, apartment complex. complex. Do you remember that? Not at first, but yes, he yeah, later yeah. Moved, moved to the there. same one. Mm-hmm. That was so, that was interesting. So it would be it make was. it easier for y'all to come home from school and be able to go to each of our homes. I think that was the idea. <laughs> I don't know. You might know something different. No, I do. It's, it's brilliant. <laughs> but 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 when you're a teenager, you're going to take advantage of the mm-hmm. parent, of course, and, and you're going. They're using you, and you're using them, exactly. and it it was yeah. It was it was very very interesting. Time. First year was rough. I would just remember a lot of dinners when um, you or Alicia would bring up. Oh, remember Christmas four years ago when we all went? And I'm sitting over there going, No, I don't actually. You know, and <laughs> did you put it out of there, your mind because it was so bad? Or there what? were those. No, there were those dynamic. No, no, no. <laughs> You're funny. I see how <laughs> you were going with I that. Know. No, it wasn't that like that. But I can imagine people that are listening today who have gone through their own breakups, their own divorces, their Mm -hmm. own pain, or maybe they had a stepdad who was a jerk, dangerous Mm -hmm. even, you know, abusive. abusive. Mm -hmm. And so if you're listening, I mean, we only tell our story and show our scars in the hopes that it will help others find life and Mm -hmm. find hope and grace. And so, and know this, I'll never forget. So right after I went through my divorce, I had been part of a group, had been invited to do a children's camp, lead the music for it, the worship for it. And I knew all the kids' songs. You know, I've got a river of life flowing out of me, all those. I knew all those songs. And I'd done that for like six or seven years. And then they called me to come back, and I had to say, and in shame, I said, I don't think I can do it now. I I went through a divorce. They're like, well, do you have June something, something open? And I said, yeah. And they said, well, come on. Can you get loose? I, yeah, I can be there. So I ended up going and doing that camp. And honestly, I think that camp was probably more explosive than any that I'd done. Wow. We had, you know, several hundred kids. It was a big deal out at Lake Brownwood Baptist Encampment there. And a lady walked up to me and she she just stood in front of me and she said, I understand that you've gone through a divorce. Of course, the shame just just mm-hmm. hearing the right. word come out of somebody. Yeah, because you're a pastor and yeah, here I'm up there leading worship, feeling mm-hmm. so unworthy and broken. And she said, well, let me tell you something. And she told me about her going through a divorce 20, 30 years ago. And she said, I want you to know there's life after divorce. And then she said, God wants you to know there's life after divorce. Mm. And she just, it was like I got permission to live again just from those words. Yeah. And that really was a catalyst for healing for me. Yeah, Because I was living in shame. I thought I could never minister. I could never... How can I tell anybody how to live? Well, I've learned we don't tell people how to live. We point people to Jesus. Right. Exactly. He tells them how to live. We don't. I've learned it, but I didn't know it then. I was young. Sure. And and I just want that to be a message to anyone listening today that there's life after trauma. Mm-hmm. There's life after pain. It's not over. And Chris had Chris and Alicia both had their own pain Absolutely. of us going through a divorce. Of course, prior to the divorce, the way we lived, y'all were in pain perpetually. Sure. Yeah, it was a lot of just, just hard and dysfunctional. It was hard. Yeah. yeah. 
tough times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, blending families is, mm-hmm. is a whole thing. And so yes. I'm sure there's even listeners in the most that healthy that. situation, that's hard. Yeah. And so, again, even when you're hearing a lot of the great things and the respect and honor, a lot of that was built. Mm-hmm. Um, trust was built. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's two steps forward, one step back between all of us. And yeah, so, no um, there were a lot of a lot of times um, where it, you know it didn't happen overnight. So if anybody is in a blended family, or or has that recall in their life, you know yeah. the the level of grace that is needed for everybody involved, mm-hmm. and just patience. Mm-hmm. Love is patient, patient. Mm-hmm. and yeah, and so it just it <laughs> yeah. took it took time, it but uh, but God and His grace, um, you know, really really did the work in yeah. the end. But but we just stayed. I like the idea of the potter's wheel. You know, you just the goal. He, we're the clay. We just stay. Just stay on the wheel. Mm-hmm. Stay on the wheel. That's all your job is. Stay on the wheel, and yeah. he will craft and mold. Mm-hmm. I love but that. We try to jump off so mm-hmm. quick and do our own thing. Yeah. So mm. yeah, that's good. Mm. That's good. That's rich. I think about how um, things could have gone a lot of different ways. When you look back over your life, I think we all do that. We'll reflect and think. If that decision hadn't been made there, then this wouldn't have been. I see the connectivity. Thank you, Dr. Wallace Roark. Yeah. I see the connectivity of everything in this life, how it's hard to have a regret over something when you see where you are now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, a, a legitimate, painful regret. I'm mean, not to say we don't think, wish we'd done something different, I'm not even saying that, but to live with that regret where it becomes, you know, uh, a pain point in your life. But had you not have gone through that or had you not have made that decision, you wouldn't be where you are and you wouldn't be surrounded by the community you have now because you wouldn't be here. You'd be somewhere else. And so when I think back about that, I think about how God orders our steps. Yeah. Psalm 37. Sure does. 23. And delights. In every in details, detail of our lives. details of our lives. Yeah. It's the New Living Translation version of that. And that's exactly what he does. And for you listening, I mean, you're hearing pieces of our story here. And we want to encourage you. Uh, we would all sit here today and tell you life is not perfect still. Mm-hmm. It's just not. In fact, all of us have kind of figured this little keynote out. It won't be on this side. Right. And I mean, we're being perfected, but mm-hmm. we're not perfect. And right. God is continuing to heal all of us as we grow. And we're all wounded healers at the end of the day because mm-hmm. we live in a fallen world. But we have hope because of who Christ is and what He's done for us Absolutely. in our life. And that's the difference, you know, in, in a marriage that lasts is because the two people involved, the husband and the wife in the marriage, have hope in Christ and they're living for Christ. Mm-hmm. If you have one that is and one that isn't, it's, it's really difficult. Really but when is. you have two people who love the Lord more than they love each other, Boy, you've got a recipe for a great, yeah. great marriage. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yet family. not without bumps and bruises. And not without bumps yeah. and bruises, yeah. for sure. Well, Chris, as I'm, we're going to close this section out, and I'd like for you to just say something to our listeners. I mean, you just, just share your heart with them. We've got people here who grew up in church, but they're not there anymore. For whatever reason, life has happened. They, they, there's a breach in that relationship. We've got people who loved Jesus at an early point in life, and now they don't even know if He exists anymore. You know, So would you just speak a brief word into that, and then I'll, I'll land the plane on okay. some, some shout-outs. Yeah, I think I would just you know encourage um, anyone that's struggled with your faith. First of all, everyone struggles with their faith at some point. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Crosses um, of belief. Yeah, everyone. And you and 
you should because anything worth having you have to struggle for mm-hmm. right we become entitled a lot e- easily this that entitlement spirit um, comes when we just handed things and we, we take advantage of them so um, you're at a good place it's not a bad thing um, to have some struggle and have some doubt at the end of the day um, uh, the encouragement is there are people on the other side of your pain that have not only gone through that pain, um, but also are authentically following God, following Christ, trying to do the right thing as much as it's easy just to see the people that have it or the people that have failed you, um, mm-hmm. whether it's a parental figure, a sister, a brother, a church member, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it, like you said, on the other side, I, I don't need, I don't even know what perfection looks like on the other side because right. Genesis don't. doesn't say God made the world perfect. Mm-hmm. He made it good. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no perfection necessarily. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, there wouldn't have to be toil and work. And exactly. so God wants us to do that work, but when we do it with Him, it's a labor of love. Mm-hmm. And so coming to a place to recognize that God is good and trusting in Him is really hard when you've been burnt and when mm-hmm. you've been hurt. But at the end of the day, that's some of the best things that tests your faith mm-hmm. because um, at the end of the day, it's about who he is. Mm-hmm. And if you build your life on what other people have done, good or bad, um, at the end of the day, it's not going to serve the purpose very well for you. Mm-hmm. Because if they're down, you're down. If they're up, you're up. That's right. not a very strong faith. And so I think for me, that's what I've learned. You see people that uh, people that have fallen uh, or done something wrong and then have this crisis of faith because of that. And the question is, is your faith in that person? Mm-hmm. Uh, I like what Tim Keller says. If, if a if a big pastor or somebody has fallen, they say, "What does that have to do with the resurrection of Jesus?" Wow, is that not true anymore? Mm-hmm. And that's a very spiritual, religious mm-hmm. answer or question. But that is what we base our faith on: mm-hmm. Who is Jesus? What has He done? And is He dependable? Yes. Is He loving? Yes. Did that person fall who said they followed Him? Yes. But that doesn't have as much to do with me, and I want my faith to be built on Him. Wow, that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So. See, I'm so proud to have two amazing godly men in my life. It's just, you have no idea as a mom what, what it feels like to have you here talking to our, our listeners and with with Jimmy and as iron sharpens iron. Mm. I could do this all day long, every day. But Chris, <laughs> you have to move here, so yeah, okay. yeah okay. sorry, you know. <laughs> well... It makes a better podcast when we're all three together, it's I'm beautiful. telling you. It's beautiful. Sure. Thanks yeah. for being with us today. Yeah. I want to give some shout outs before we go. So just hang on just a minute. First of all, I want to always encourage our listeners to uh, listen to Adam and Tina Curry. They have a wonderful podcast. You know, Adam has a podcast called No Agenda with John Dvorak, and they it's a big deal. I mean, they they deconstruct media. They they try to bring truth where there's been lies and misinformation, and that's just a huge whole big thing. But the, but Adam also wanted to do a podcast with his wife to say, hey, there's another side to me. I'm a, there's a human side to me. There's a, a guy. I'm a dude. I'm a husband, and I'm learning, and we're on a faith journey together. And so Curry and the Keeper is is a podcast where they they talk about their faith journey. And we're so privileged in it now to have a 50-yard line seat on that mm-hmm. journey and to get to walk with them. We wouldn't be them. here today if it weren't for them. That's true. I mean, we get to walk with them and do life with them. We're still going to do a crossover 
podcast mm-hmm. with them. Uh, they're getting everything lined out in their weekly show because they were doing every other week, but now they're doing a weekly show. So now if they found their legs on that, that's going to be coming, and it'll be a live show. So mm-hmm. it'll be live, not, it'll be interesting. not recorded, no editing. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be fun. Looking forward to it. But we always want to just say, hey, if you're listening to our show and you've not given – Curry and the Keeper a shot. Give them a shot. They're on all platforms. We always encourage you to listen on Fountain where you can earn Satoshis while you're listening. And uh, that'll be a blessing not only to you, but it'll be a blessing to you because you can bless that forward to the whoever you're listening to through Boost and Boostagram. Speaking of those, I want to say a big thanks to all of you who've been boosting us and sending us Boostagrams, but also those of you that have jumped on and uh, have been blessing us through PayPal. Just a couple new donors this week. Eric, thank you so much. What a blessing to hear from you. Trinity, also want to say thank you for your donation. I also want to read kind of a follow-up. We mentioned Megan last week and that she was having some struggles, and she actually asked us to talk on the show about family dynamics, family systems, especially when they break down and some unforgiveness and some tension in family. So she wrote a response to our show. I just want to share it with you. And I've edited this, Megan, so don't panic if you're listening. (laughs) Hi, thank you so much for the episode today. It was so needed. So today could not have been more perfect timing for the show. I love the, quote, giving up the right to be offended part. Wow. Mm -hmm. That is so complex and challenging. Thank you for being real and for reminding me of your compassion you share for your father and that path it took you to get there and then. Given my profession, I can only imagine how challenging that must have been. I love these episodes and look forward to listening each Tuesday. Thank you again. Blessings to y'all on the sabbatical. She writes, yes, I am from Texas. <laughs> and so we're so thankful to have you as a part. And we have so many amazing, amazing listeners that um, are blessing us. Sir Buys Grace, Absurdient. I love Sushi, one of my favorite names for our <laughs> handle. RGBTC. Uh, so again, Sir Buys Grace, we're so thankful. Adam, Adam, 1999, who could that be? I don't know. No. <laughs> uh, and so Adam, the podfather, Curry, and then uh, Sir Brian with a with an I, and sometimes he puts wine instead of I in there, Sir Brian with a wine, <laughs> as in W-H-I-N-E. Uh-huh, so, hadn't no. heard from you lately, <laughs> Sir Brian. Love to hear back from you. Well, that's our show today. Annette, thank you so much uh, for jumping on this. Uh, oh, you want me to push the button? Uh, well, you're just sitting there. Who's the producer here? Oh, my goodness. You're the talent. I'm oh, the is that right? Yeah, right. Is this a good time Chris, right now? Chris, you can chime in now. Well, I mean, I can intervene. <laughs> we need intervention. <laughs> Chris, thanks for being here. Oh, this yes. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. What yeah, a fun a show. energy, but a lot of wisdom, brother. Yeah. You've always been wise beyond your years. Yeah, yes. appreciate it. Well, not really. When you're 13, not so much. But anyway, yeah. so proud of you, and we love you. Yeah. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you. Y'all, we love you. We're out. <laughs>